good. Sure. Uh, so that brings us into communion. And I just want to take an opportunity to, to really focus on what that means um, and what that means to us personally. Uh, it can mean so many things. I, I think over the past uh, 24 years as a disciple, just how many um, communions I've heard and how many personal stories um, that I've heard from people who who get to share from their hearts about what communion means to them. And I know day to day, it can mean something different. Um, but for me and my wife, we, we really, um, we just grab hold of it. Uh, I always think of it as a, as a joyful thing. Um, not because it's not a sobering event, but because it means so much more than just the event itself. And so, uh, I wanted to take the time today to let Michelle share, uh, and she'll share the majority of our communion, and then I'll wrap up with a prayer. Awesome. Thanks, babe. So, um, you know, thinking about uh, a favorite Jesus moment, um, what, what I chose is Jesus, um, his interaction with the criminal being crucified with him. Um, and so I'm going to read um, from Luke 23. Uh, and really, to me, this is kind of the essence of what I think of when I read in Hebrews about the joy set before him. Um, so in uh, chapter 23 of Luke, I'm going to start in verse 32. So two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing, and they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself, if he's the Christ of God, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written notice above him, which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't fear God, he said. Since you're, don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. And it's just so remarkable to me that while Jesus is undergoing this tremendous physical and emotional pain, he's still focused on showing compassion. In verse 34, he advocates for the very people who are punishing him for crimes he didn't commit to be forgiven. And then in verse 43, he extends grace to the criminal who recognized the low position he was in himself and saw Jesus for who he was. So there's a lot that I take from this very brief interaction. First, I can identify with the first criminal wanting to get out of consequences of my own bad choices. If I know somebody who has the power and authority to forgive an offense or to eliminate a sentence or punishment that's due to me, I could be motivated to advocate for myself and try to get the easy way out. In contrast, there's the humility of 
the second criminal. Um, and he exhibits an example that I strive to emulate in my life of humility. He doesn't ask or expect to be released from the, the punishment that he deserves. He just asks Jesus to remember him. And then, of course, there's Jesus and his compassion for that second criminal, which challenges me and inspires me. In the midst of all that he's going through, Jesus rewards this man's humility and faith with the promise of paradise. So even on the cross, Jesus didn't lose sight of his purpose. Rather, he embraced it. And as I read in Hebrews 12, verse 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So over the past year, I've gone through my own significant emotional, mental, familial, relational growing pains. And this scripture is really grounding and motivating for me. If Jesus could endure the cross for the joy of knowing each soul um, would have the opportunity to know him and spend eternity with him in heaven, then I can endure my life's hardships for the sake of winning the prize that God has called me to. Uh, which brings me to uh, Philippians 3, verses 10 through 14, which I will read here. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And this scripture has just, it's been such a foundational scripture for me of faith, um, just to be able to cling to that desire of knowing Christ and participating in his sufferings. It's, it gives me comfort knowing when life doesn't go well for me, when it's hard and challenging, I'm sharing something with Jesus. His suffering was so much more intense than mine, but it's, it's my way of being able to participate with him. Um, acknowledging that none of us has arrived or already been made perfect, but we have this opportunity to take hold of that which Jesus took hold of me uh, for each of us. And where this really culminates for me is verse 13, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead. I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. And this just motivates me to really fix my eyes on the eternal, not the physical, um, to, to remember that what we experience here on earth is just temporary. Um, and it even helps in, in goal setting for this life to know that God wants good things for me and to motivate me in making this my best life for him.
So as we prepare to participate in the Lord's Supper, um, remembering Jesus' compassion while he was on the cross in the throes of agony, I invite each of you to remember also that for the joy set before him, he endured that cross, that we can fix our eyes on him and the eternal promise of heaven to get us through the challenges of life. Amen. Thanks for sharing, babe. Yeah. Um, so our focus isn't so much on every action that culminated from um, the minute Jesus was nailed to the cross to the minute he died. Our focus should be on his joy. Um, he did it willingly. And that, and that joy should be our motivation. So today, tomorrow, for the remainder of the week, ask yourself, what is this joy going to cause me to do? Because I am his joy, who am I in God's sight? Because God gifted us with Jesus. So let's, let's have that thought. Let's have that perspective and, um, and take communion today knowing that you are God's joy. Let's pray. Father God, I'm so, I'm so incredibly blessed because of Jesus. And as we all are, we are, we have an opportunity uh, to know you at a personal level. We don't have to go through a bunch of rituals. We don't have to uh, be purified. We don't have to enter a specific room. We just simply lift our eyes, lift our hearts, and we can pray. And there you are. And you open yourself up to us because you want us close, because you want us to be near to you. And sometimes I fear we make it difficult on ourselves by throwing emotion into the mix, by throwing difficulty, by throwing our trials in there. And not that those things aren't real and that they don't happen, but we are your joy. And sometimes when I just take the time to pause and reflect on that, there's a very different feeling that comes along that says, wow, I, I'm greater than the sum of all the things in my life because Jesus makes me greater. And I'm just grateful for that. I'm so grateful that you chose to come to earth. You chose to experience everything in humanity that could be experienced. You know our weaknesses. You know our strengths. You know our struggles. You know the very things that make us tick. And still, even though it was difficult, you chose the cross because we are your joy. And I pray that we stay focused on that. I pray that we take communion today knowing that um, your death your burial and your resurrection was all part of a greater plan. And even though we can't understand the full comprehensiveness of it all, even though we don't know the depth or the width or the height of it all, we can rest knowing that we can be assured that you have us in mind, not yourself. And I appreciate the selflessness. I appreciate so much that we are so loved by you and it's in your name. We pray Lord Jesus. Amen.